Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comics or a graphic novel. I'm one of your hosts, Alexis. I'm Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> we have recorded this podcast twice. Pray it does not happen again. <laughs> Dallas. Thank you. Forgets the same name. <laughs> no, he is correct. This is our second time through recording our episode. <laughs> on um darth vader by kieran gillen which yeah our first one was so good and no one will ever hear it Ooh, yeah we went so hard on that we like really we had did. Best literary analysis of all time and honestly um alexis your your speeches brought me to tears um dallas i think you should be awarded an, an eisner just for <laughs> just for that analysis um, I, you know, was of course brilliant because, you know, the force is strong in my family. So, um, yeah, but you don't get that one. Everyone, you, you know. get the, um, you get the goofy one. You get the, um, <laughs> you get I'm the jar jar cut. I'm not supposed to be on my A-game. Where what, do what? you sit on Darth Jar Jar? <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's so funny. Birds it's... aren't real, and Jar Jar Binks was the main villain of the prequel trilogy. <laughs> These are the true truths that are known. <laughs> listen, listen. Who truly robbed the galaxy of democracy? Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Who brought Darth Vader to the Jedi Council? Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited. I love Star Wars. Funerals to make sure that bitch was dead. True. Misa gonna fuck you up. <laughs> um, just just so everyone knows, Jar Jar is not in this book, actually. Um, hey, noted Jar Jar defender here. The way his story ends is so sad. I, I don't actually know Jar Jar hater? In... <laughs> Then, Lexi, you might like this. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) In one of the Star Wars Aftermath books, it's revealed that some point after the Empire fell, Jar Jar is still around, but he's going about as a, like, sort of party clown trying to entertain kids. And there's, like, this kid that's like, why are you always sad? And Jar Jar's like, Misa fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because yeah. he's this character who is a big goofball, but very, very much has to deal with the fact that he is the reason the Empire happened. And, Good. you know, he that's to a lot. With that. You know, <laughs> Jar Jar, not anyone's favorite, really, but Ahmed Best, you're the best. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, coming off of last week, our criticism of Alexis's love for fascists, I just find it interesting... <laughs> That we're diving right into, like, the Darth Vader book, you know? Oh, like, oh, that's such a good point. This book made me forget that he was a villain, and that I feel like oh, I need to okay. sit with for the rest of my so, life. What you're saying is everything in here you were, you were cool with. Yeah, that was okay with Until you. Until he reminisced over the fact that he was okay with killing children, and then I said, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. What about uh-huh. when he... Uh-huh. What did you think? All right. Full spoilers ahead, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. I promise we'll get to general thoughts in a second, but I have to ask a spoiler question. What do you think when you saw that airlock in issue 25? Oh, my stomach fell out my ass. I was like, <laughs> what a villain. Whoa. He was planning that. He's been planning that for so long. He's like, I can't wait to throw this bitch into space. He goes, this is exactly what she hates. You. 
You do not tell the villain what you are afraid of. Unless, you know, you have a specific plan about what you're afraid of and you actually kind of hope it happens. But, you know, that's a story for another time. Exactly. What if What if it would have been a lightsaber? Dead. <laughs> dead. D-E-D, Luke. dead. Mm-hmm. Luke. Yeah, that went up? pretty stupid crazy how you opened up Return of the Jedi. Can I copy <laughs> yeah. that from a comic book? <sighs> I mean, you know, if you, you know, pay child support, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Listen here, you little bitch. I'm going to throw you in the food blender. You kiss your sister. Are you serious? <laughs> you think I'm making bank on imperial money? No. I'm a government worker. <laughs> we lost all of our funds when the Death Star blew up. It was a worse crash than Bitcoin. Have you seen, have you seen the robot chicken Star Wars? No. No. I need to show it to both. If we can have a movie night, just, you know, off the record. If we have a movie night where we just go through the Robot Chicken Star Wars, I think both of you would love it a lot. But there's one of my favorite skits is when Palpatine is hanging out and he gets the call from Vader to let him know the Death Star just blew up. And Palpatine just starts freaking out. And he's like, well, who's going to give me a loan, jackass? You? Do you have an ATM on your, um, on your torso? <laughs> I just... You're, you're gonna love it so much that's but that's that's for us everyone listening you should go check it out anyway um general thoughts Lord oh this was very good. so good very very good very very good see i was i was thinking about it yesterday i was talking a lot about how much i like this book you know my my little secret that's gonna get me canceled i think <clears throat> i think this might be my least favorite of the star wars books that came out around this time what? Yeah, you crazy. were sitting on that all day yesterday. I was. I was going to talk about it at thing? some point. <laughs> but Damn, we, we need to bring out through yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to get the good things out before we get to the negatives. But I feel like I talked about all the good things yesterday. Sorry, you missed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're Sorry. never going to get to hear our praise for this awesome book. <laughs> You're just it's here a, to be haters. It's an awesome book. And I think that's that's so um, indicative of how good the entire line was, especially at the very launch of this in 2015. I love the Star Wars book so much. I love the Afro book that comes after this. And I think there's a lot in this book where it's just like, I'm I'm here for it. I'm vibing with it. This is definitely Star Wars to me. But it wasn't my favorite, which I think is crazy. I do love that this book had the biggest impact on how I viewed the original trilogy of Star Wars as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think it changed the most for me, how I watched those movies, looking at not just Luke, but also at Vader and the relationship they share. It makes Empire so much more interesting and complex for me, knowing that right from the get-go, Vader is looking for Luke because he knows that Luke is his son. He doesn't find out in a FaceTime with his boss. He finds out... <laughs> very early on in one of the best scenes I've ever read in a comic book. And I think that's that's so cool that this comic did that. I feel like <clears throat> I wish more canon Star Wars books did that, where they actually not just give you a great story, but they actually expand upon everything that's there before and everything that you love. And, you know, <laughs> making me love Empire Strikes Back even more, like, God, almost 20 years after I saw it the first time. Insanity. Fucking insane to me. I also love that this comic loves the prequels as well as the original trilogy. Obviously, 
I think the original trilogy of Star Wars, not a lot of people are going to question you saying it's one of the greatest trilogies of all time. I genuinely think the first movie is incredible. The second movie, Empire Strikes Back, is my personal favorite Star Wars Mm -hmm. and a masterpiece. And while I have some criticism of how The Return of the Jedi treats my boy, Han Solo, I cannot question the Vader and Luke storyline, which is the perfect ending to that trilogy. So that is half of a perfect movie. And yet, I grew up on the prequels. Like, I, that was my Star Wars. I always viewed Mm -hmm. the original trilogy as my dad's Star Wars that I shared with him and that I loved with him and that we talked about and we watched over and over and over again. But the prequels were my special Star Wars. And specifically, Revenge of the Sith was the first Star Wars movie that I remember seeing in theaters, that I remember collecting all the toys from and reenacting every scene of in my backyard. When I see that Skywalker lightsaber in the sequel trilogies, I don't think, oh, there's Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. I think there's Anakin's lightsaber. Mm -hmm. When I watch The Clone Wars, I appreciate it so much and how it's additive to this era that's so important to me. When I watch uh, Kenobi and I get more of that Anakin-Obi-Wan dynamic, like I... I don't think that show was very good, but it did add more to this era and these characters I love so much. So this comic, which is excellent, drawing equally from those classics and then from my Star Wars as well, made it particularly special to me. And the fact that they established that just right out of the gate in issue one, that they're going to be drawing from both, is really, really smart. I think this has one of the best first issues to anything, because like you oh, got yeah. a, you got a lot to prove coming in on issue one of Darth Vader written by Marvel in 2015. Mm-hmm. Like you have to demonstrate that this is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And that slow open homage to return of the Jedi with Darth Vader. And then the perfect first Darth Vader line in this comic, like you could not have picked a better line for Darth Vader than I have only killed two. Do not make me reconsider it. Do not <laughs> make me reconsider my generosity. Like that is an ice cold Darth Vader line. Love it. I'm excited to dive into this comic. It really, it was such a good read. Um, I'm kind of like what Dallas said. I feel like Star Wars as a whole holds a lot of sentiment for a lot of people, especially from our age categories. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't have put it better myself with what Dallas said, but Star Wars for sure was initially watching it with your dad, with your parents, with whoever, and then finally moving on and graduating to appreciating it on our own. And I feel like for me that this comic really sealed the deal and was like, yeah, this is a series that you want to stay attached to. Like Star Wars, I feel like is just a is a series and a trilogy, a group of trilogies that is phenomenal. And I'm very excited to convince Dallas to actually like it on the pod this time i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't have guessed by his monologue there but it's pretty good oh it's very cool maybe i'll get him to watch rebels one day probably not (laughs) not. (laughs) yeah Dallas is muted and it makes it even funnier he's muted he's just going off us out (laughs) a chance no way zero percent chance am i watching rebels you are uh-huh. fully insane for that one uh-uh, uh-uh. you uh-uh. heard it here 
Dallas hates um, Grand Admiral Thrawn and diverse casts with strong female leads. You've um, what? I'm sorry. What? You're pointing. Listen here, I only hate one yeah. of those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm I'm sorry you don't like Thrawn. You should check out that trilogy. Um, Timothy Zahn, great writer. That first book was great, and then but it's tied up in a lot of like trauma for me because I listened to it while I drove to New York. And I oh. accidentally drove right alongside a massive hailstorm that went across the entire nation. Oh. So for a week straight, I was just like in a tornado, like getting hailed on as it's like, and then Thrawn looked at his art collection. And so I've never <laughs> gone on to the second book because it's like fight or flight in my brain. I was like, that was the most stressful week of your life. So that's my wow. Timothy Zahn Thrawn experience. Love it. I will get around to the other two. The first book was very good. Lexi, this means you can beat him. <laughs> you can finish him first. True, true. I'm good at doing that when it comes to listening to books. You are. You're a monster. And we're going to talk about that next week on the show. Yeah. Wait, before we go any further, Lexi, which Star Wars is your favorite? Movie? Yeah. I am pretty fond of those tiny fluffy bears. Yeah. <gasps> Plant planet. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas, you're outnumbered. Oh, Dallas, what are you going to do? I love uh, that scene where Padme fights that tiny, not that tiny, the very scary cat thing. That did a lot of things to me as a child. I, mean, I don't know what it was. <laughs> when they tore off the bottom of her shirt in Attack of the Clones, I was like, that's the funniest scene in Star Wars to me because that's the um that's Elsa's hair going through her own arm. That's that scene for me because she's like it scratches. It's just a little scratch in the back, and then the next shot, entire midriff, just yeah. completely open. You're like, how did that happen? Who nice. knows? I'm not really complaining, but it happened. So we'll get over it. Something specific that I loved about this: something can either feel like Star Wars or not like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. There's a certain je ne sais quoi to Star Wars that is just either there or not. And this comic has it. I could hear the John Williams score at different parts mm-hmm. of this. I could feel, hear the Imperial March. I could hear Leia's theme. I could hear the main title crawl. Like, uh, this was a fully scored comic for me. And that's not something that happens very often. So I thought that was incredibly cool. It really oh, was honestly I- so fun. Like, there were so many good parts throughout the entire story where I was just like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. It feels like I was watching an in-between between those movies, which was so fun for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm watching or playing or reading a Star Wars and I can't hear that music, then it's not the same. It doesn't click with me. I feel like that's why some of the EU books I have such a hard time getting into. Because you can write a story in the Star Wars universe but not capture that Star Wars spirit. Mm-hmm. And this comic does exactly that at so many points. And I like what Dallas said earlier. It does such a great job bridging not just episodes four and five, but the original and prequel trilogies. I think it does a great job making that universe feel whole. And it's such a cool thing to age with Star Wars and see that connection get even better. Because when I was younger, it definitely felt like there was a disconnect between the prequels and the sequels, where it's like, sometimes these don't feel like the same galaxy. And the more and more content we've gotten from Star Wars, especially lately, from anything from like the Clone Wars to Rebels to these comics, 
it does it's done such a great job at knitting those two together so uniformly and uniquely that it's just it's not an issue for me anymore yeah i absolutely agree um i have a little bit of a spiel i can't i'm listen i'm always good for a spiel okay and so if either of you have any thoughts before i go into like a five minute tirade about what i learned about kieran gillen's process creating this go for it please let Mm -hmm. me know so the omnibus of this which i have it's great alexis i'll just give me such a hard time for having the physical of this book but i already had it when she picked it i always love when one of you two pick a book that i already have a physical of (laughs) I'm like, I get to read my collection. Woohoo! And I don't have to buy anything. And I don't have to read on my iPad. Even though I do like reading on my iPad. But in the back of this omnibus, there was a huge afterword from Kieran Gillen just explaining his process and all of his choices that went into... He, issue by issue, broke down the first six. And then he broke down all the arcs after that and what went into them. And it was super interesting stuff. And the things I want to pull out are once he knew he was getting this gig, he didn't actually know until pretty close to when he had to start writing that it was going to be Darth Vader. He just Mm -hmm. knew that he was going to have the sister series to what Jason Aaron was doing. So he knew by issue three of what Jason Aaron was doing that he was going to be expected to bring out the secondary title, and they hadn't decided yet if that was going to be Darth Vader or something else. And he's like, I was kind of figured it was going to be Vader. Like, what else is it going to be? He's like, but I wasn't actually sure. He said, so what I did was I watched episodes one through six of Star Wars all in a row over the course of like a day and a half. And I took copious notes about everything that struck me. And then particularly between episodes four and five, what major story shifts happened off screen that I could explore. And he said the major story shifts that you saw was that there were never any consequences to the fact that the Death Star had been destroyed and that the title crawl said that Vader was specifically seeking out Luke already at the beginning of episode five. So and that that Vader was the leader of these Imperial forces in a way that he hadn't been in the original Star Wars. So that is when he realized that his Vader story would be about the fall of Darth Vader as a consequence of the destruction of the Death Star and then the rise of Darth Vader to a position of power over the course of his run so he could lead into Empire as the leader. And he got to script Vader finding out, like Anne said, that Luke was his son, which was an incredibly powerful moment and is really indicative of the process that Gillen put into his version of Vader. He said he had to workshop quite a bit to get to the voice of Vader, but then once he had it, he said it was pretty easy to write in. But the biggest thing that he took away from his first set of notes from Lucasfilm, because if you're not aware, Lucasfilm is pretty specific about how their characters get to be Mm -hmm. portrayed. So these comics not only had to go through Marvel editors and R&D, they had to go through Lucasfilm as well. Lucasfilm had to sign off and say, these get to be a part of our Star Wars world. And so Kieran actually got notes back on the Vader finding out that Luke was his son scene, that it was too wordy. And then it had to be a show don't tell because Vader doesn't talk that much. Like Vader wouldn't talk through those emotions. And they they cited specifically all the times in the original trilogy when you just get to look at that mask 
and somehow you can still feel the emotions that are going on behind it. Mm-hmm. You can feel the sadness or the <clears throat> rage or the surprise. Like it's crazy how emotive that mask is without moving at all. But Kieran said that that was a really great thing to do moving forward to realize that Vader is not going to be the chatty part of this book. And so there had to be an introduction of a chatty part. And the introduction of that chatty part was Dr. Afra. And then as an extension of Afra, there was BT and triple zero to create this dark inverse of the original star Wars gang. You've got Vader as Luke, Dr. Afra as Han, and then obviously BT and triple zero as R2 and three PO. Mm-hmm. And my last thing before I turn it back over, the origin story of Dr. Afra from Kieran Gillen was that while he was at Lucasfilm, he walked past the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark poster. And he said, man, Indiana Jones would be so fun in Star Wars. What if I gender swapped him and made him evil? That would be great. He's like, and then I can have that character be the chatty one that helps the plot move forward because Darth Vader won't. And that's where Afra comes from. So. I thought all that was very interesting and could prime us a little bit to talk about the structure of the book and then mm-hmm. the true star herself, Dr. Afra. Oh, for sure. Before we do that, you forgot yes. another very important piece of that team. Battle Beast Wookiee. You forgot him. <laughs> you forgot Black- the Battle Beast Wookiee. Black Kersantan, baby! <laughs> Can't forget about Chewbacca. Black oh, just upset that Afro doesn't get her Leia until the next series. Until the next series. Damn. I like that she is precocious, like Leia is. Mm-hmm. Like Han is my personal favorite Star Wars character, hands down. He is what I love about Star Wars. I love that Star Wars is a western. I love that Star Wars is like grimy and grungy, and all their shit is broken all the time. And Han Solo is like the personification of that. Mm-hmm. But Han Solo isn't like quite as precocious and like know-it-all waggle your head at people as like Leia is and I think that there's just a splash of Leia in Dr. Afra that I love it's true search your feelings you know it to be true <laughs> um I think it's such a smart move to have Afra as like the talking piece for this because Talked about it on the recording you didn't get to hear, but I think it's such a challenging prospect to have a story feature the villain who is at a point in his story where he cannot be redeemed. So he can't have a complete character arc in that way, but you still have to make the audience root for this guy or at least be interested in what he's doing in some way. You have to make them care. And I think having a lot of Vader's own actions um, talked about through the mouthpiece of Dr. Afra and have her guide a lot of that story because she is complex in the ways that Vader can't be at this time. I think that's very, very smart. And I think that's such a big reason why this this book works. And I love having BT and Triple Zero as that darkly comedic off-center to Vader's very, very, very serious I will stab you in the face if you piss me off nature. To be fair, so will they. Yeah, so will they, but they'll they'll laugh. You'll they'll have a good laugh about it. About it. <laughs> <laughs> this this is um, I like that this Vader is very serious about what he's doing. This is no longer the don't choke on your aspirations, Darth Vader. He's like, I got um, 
I'm I'm in the doghouse at work. I gotta focus. I can't be making dumb puns anymore. Damn. He's about to get replaced <laughs> by the Siamese twins. Yeah, I was gonna speaking about being in the doghouse, what do we think about the Vader replacements that show up and are such a main antagonistic force in this book? I was gonna say we really do get introduced to like so many characters in this, mm-hmm. but for me, I feel like it wasn't overwhelming. I mean, we did make a joke about sushi sushi general grievous yesterday, which was comical. Um <laughs> I like this version in. where we just replay the hits from the thing that they're yeah, never going to get to listen to. That was very to. funny. Calamari Grievous is incredible. Calamari Grievous. You guys should have been there for Calamari Grievous. That joke hit way harder the first yeah, time. Yeah, so did Battle Beast Wookiee. Went a lot harder. Um, <laughs> just seeing their faces. <laughs> um, before we move on. I want to touch a little bit on Dr. Afra as the stakes of this book. Okay. Something that prequels have a hard time with is that we know how it ends, right? There is never any question whether or not Darth Vader is going to make it out of this. And so it can be a little bit hard to sell those stakes. And so the thing that Kieran Gillen does that I think is so smart is he endears us to Dr. Afra, mm-hmm. and then makes us wonder if Dr. Afra is going to make it out of this series. Mm-hmm. And something that was crazy to me was that Kieran said that until like issue 23, he didn't think she was going to not because of anyone above him, but he's like, I can't figure out a way that she survives this. Like, I can't think of a compelling way how she's going to beat Vader. And he's like, he said when he came up with it, he celebrated and like wandered around the house cheering. And he went up to like, tell his wife, like I've saved her. I've saved her. I figured out how to save her. I love that. It was like a heroic moment. Like I saved her from Vader. Oh my gosh. I'm the hero of the rebellion. Because when you put someone in the same series as Vader, it's literally like having Chekhov's gun walking around behind the character loaded and pointed at their head for the entire series. It's like, this is going to go off. They are going to die. There is no question. This is not an if statement. This is a when statement. And I love I love how they play it off and how it works in Afra's benefit and how she is such a smart smart character in the so- in the series it takes balls to just wa- waltz up to the emperor and say yo i got some information on your boy we need to talk the gasp that left my body when she did that i was like oh, are you trying to die <laughs> literally i was like if this bitch doesn't kill you the other one will he really will he will throw your ass into space He's coming up in his black Prada boots right now. <laughs> baby steel leather boots. You can hear him squeaking down the tiles. <laughs> He's humming his sound to himself. He just dun 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 dun. You know he does. You know he had that ring. Like what was that? He's like breathing. Yeah, you know he doesn't breathe like that either. He does it on purpose. I. I tell you what, and it works having her as the character that you're endeared to and you know is going to die. I felt more tension about Vader's presence in this book than I've ever felt about Michael Myers in any Halloween movie. True. True. They totally played him as Michael Myers. Yeah. Like, just quiet, unrelenting force. I. It was so smart to make so many cool characters yeah. and make their stakes what was interesting in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, not only no. Afra. But fucking Gustavo Fring that was in this, Sherlock Holmes. I was going to say, that dude, the guy that figured it out, I was like, when he called him Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) My jaw 
Listen, was on the floor. I don't even think Peter knows that. Leave him alone. <laughs> he called him Anakin. I said, bitch, you're <laughs> dead. You're dead. We're killing you. See, like, even Tarkin, when Tarkin figured it out, even he was smart enough to keep that shit to himself. He's like, I'm 99.9% sure I know exactly who the fuck you are, but you know that. That's my thing. That's that's my secret. I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> that's a me problem. I'm not going to put that on you. <laughs> Please don't. See, Tarkin understood. Me. Tarkin understood. You do not dead name someone, no matter what. <laughs> Listen, Grand Moff has got the biggest. Again, this is the soft pitch, Anakin. Anakin. I literally just called you Anakin, Anne. <laughs> the soft pitch, Anne. On Game of Thrones thing, oh. Grand Moff Tarkin is Tywin Lannister. So, true. if you were ever like, gosh. Tarkin has a ton of potential. He is such an interesting character. I need more of him. There is a whole ass character named Tywin Lannister that is that same dude in Westeros. And he has crazy kids. If you were like, (laughs) what if Tarkin had the worst babies in the world and he raised them to be criminals? Jeez. That is the Lannisters. You would love these books, Anne. Like, I know you would love them. They're so I will good. read them, I promise. I have to remind They're myself that I can't spoil anything next week. Uh huh. They're in my shed. You they better be on the front porch, damn it! Right <laughs> <laughs> when you open the door! Um, Tarkin by James Lucino is a great book about Tarkin, too. Just to throw that out there. I have heard it's good. This has rekindled a love for Star Wars for me. I'm not sure if I, it's Disney Star Wars love yet. I still think the only good things that Disney has made Star Wars wise are The Force Awakens. It's very fun. But ultimately, eh. The Last Jedi is incredible. I'm a huge Last Jedi fan, even though I think that Finn was wasted in that movie. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Perfect Star wild? Wars is a great movie. But I've never seen that movie. It's very good. Really? Never. Don't know anything wow. about it either. Right over my head. I would good. love to hear what you think. I mostly just had to uh, sit with myself after the fact of watching the first, or I guess the seventh, seventh. one, um, and realized that I found Adam Driver attractive and that I needed to sit with myself <laughs> with that. Because at my ripe age of 17, I was not okay with that. I still kind of am not. But something okay, about that well, red pointy lightsaber. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, when the little side guys come on, I remember that trailer for number seven. First off, brought me to tears. When Han comes on and he's like, Chewie, we're home. Like, boom, Mm -hmm. fucking dead. When they showed Ray's speeder to the song and then there was the crashed star. I remember that trailer like shot for shot. And I will never forget the end when the red lightsaber comes out and you're like, fuck. And then the little cross guards come out and you're like. I'm a half mast. What's going on here? What are those training wheels? <laughs> what is happening? Mm-hmm. There's been an awakening. <laughs> Fun Star Wars like tri- um, tidbit. Do you know why his lightsaber crackles like that? It's, it's a broken kyber crystal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Come on. You Bitch. Know it when you he know that. I didn't know that that's why they turned red was that you bled them. My wife taught me that. She's like, guess what really? I to work today. And I was like, what? She's like, why is lightsaber red? I was like, they just have red crystals. And she was like, mm-hmm. no, it's because the dark side makes it bleed. And I was like, you've never even seen the movies. What are you talking <laughs> You have never seen Star Wars. You fell asleep when I yeah. turned it on. 
That's a new canon thing. That's a after Disney takeover thing, which I actually think is really, really cool. I like that so much better than just I picked out red. You have to actually yeah, work they had at to it. Change it after they went bad. Like, oh, sorry guys. Got to if you purify a red crystal, it goes to white. That's why Ahsoka Tano's blades are white because she took them from an Inquisitor, and she purified them. So fucking cool. God. Yeah, queen. She does not queen. look good in live action. I'll say no. That. She did not. They no. fucked that up. It's very weird. I'm not action. looking forward to the little horns are too show. small. Her horns yeah. are too small. That's they what it gone is. Off. They fixed that in Boba Fett. They made her horns longer in Boba Fett? Yeah, they made her hornier, yeah. Right. yeah. Honestly, I blocked out Boba Fett. Other than him writing that Rancor at the end, nothing interesting happened that whole damn <laughs> show. I I hate that it's zombie CGI Luke, but I did appreciate getting more Luke Skywalker. I love that. I, like I love that little CGI. twink. He's my favorite. Listen, this little... book is about the first gay guy in Star Wars' dad. Yeah. He's not an ally at all. Listen. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Darth Vader votes red. He is. <laughs> He's literally a fascist. But if we can't enjoy a little bit of fiction about fascists, like what? Thank what's you. About, yeah, right? what's Lexi going to do? <laughs> We'd be playing Lexi have a job. <laughs> this isn't Lexi job. doesn't even want to be here <laughs> if we don't get to have a little bit of fun little fascist fit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's called Fashfic. F-A-C-F-I-C. <laughs> I can't. Do it's we all the to... rage with uh, young crew cut white youth. <laughs> every time I get, every time you I get the sides, no. Every time I get the sides of my hair cut a little bit too short, I'm like, don't stray, don't stray. <laughs> I was like, this is the fascist haircut. Like, let's ooh. be careful. History to this haircut. Thin ice now. It's like fade yeah, it properly. Fade it properly, or we're in trouble. <laughs> those jokes I was going to make to Anne I can't do it for at least a month now <laughs> oh. I'm only allowed to say unhinged thanks to her when my hair is perfectly fluffy yeah. like well, when we are not recording I really had a moment today where I was like well that's the last episode folks see you later <laughs> no Anne better than that uh, Come on. you also had that fear in your eyes for 30 seconds <laughs> Never, never once. Ooh, next time I'm gonna let you sweat it out. Yeah, I'm she better. She better. Keep you I would feel so sad. That would be a very <laughs> really funny mean trick. But like, I'd be devastated. Very funny mean trick. Talking earlier about me wanting to play a mean D and D character, just the thought of me doing that is like I can't do that to Dallas. <laughs> so no, see, I would. I would let him. I'd let him burn. He's like he acts tough, but he's just our sweet little butterfly. It's true. <laughs> we can't harm him. If you if you say the wrong thing to him, he will break down. I need you to treat him with respect and care. I'm like an orchid. I will wilt at the slightest change. <laughs> you give me a bad look and I'll wilt and die. No, you're a fiddle leaf fig. I am a fiddle leaf. <laughs> I don't know what you know what that means, but yes. My leaves are fiddle. <laughs> and if you die, we're going to have to activate your next clone. And give it oh, that way. That, yeah. Great way to bring it back. Let's talk more about right? the new characters Let's that talk are now. more about the space whales. What the hell? Ooh. Second best space whales drama, in fiction. Dallas, I could have made such a good joke, but you have not seen it, and so I'm going to keep my space whales to myself. If I hadn't seen what? Futurama. Yeah, I could have made. I could have made a whale joke, but nope. S- Star Wars whale has some really cool whale. fucking space whales. That's actually how Rebels ends. Um, <laughs> space whales. 
Unexpected. On Earth. Anyway, <laughs> these space whales are very cool. And mm-hmm. Kieran said that that was the farthest he was willing to push Star Wars. He mm-hmm. said the space yeah. whales. He's like, that was my line. And I was like, this is as far as I can go with yeah, still like... being Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Is having it's, space he, whales. He, he totally stole Wars. it from Doctor Who. But, you know, it's fine. Doctor we can take things from the British. It's it's only fair. Yeah, like my trauma as a child. Exactly. Wait, what was trauma as a child? The freaking weeping angels. I remember <gasps> Dallas like fully milked that for a solid month. I didn't go in the basement for a month. Wait, Trump so Dallas, you haven't watched Doctor Who, but you milked the weeping weeping angels? Listen, I'm over here making a doubt face too, because I don't even no. think I've seen that episode of Doctor no, Who. I so literally witnessed caught, it. Caught. Caught in a lie. No. I no, I will hey, literally swear. I will swear I have not seen that episode. So. You are so full of shit. You literally had a TARDIS on your desk, you asshole. <laughs> what? That is true. But the saddest truth, and this is criteria of embarrassment here. You're so I mad. just wanted to seem cool. I was a no, total fake fan. You literally I watched got, it. I have seen, I watched the first half of the ninth doctor and didn't like it very much, but I had already bought all the doctor who merch. Cause it was so big on Pinterest, which first off, why was I on Pinterest as a I get, I mean, like Tumblr? <laughs> no, it's Tumblr like white woman Tumblr. Okay. But I was on there and like all, I would search like geek or nerd to like have stuff pull up and it, three quarters of it was doctor who. And so I was like, this is what I'm supposed to like. And Ooh. so I got like all decked out and then couldn't get through past the, first half of the first season i watched and i was like well i've already got it so trauma better just be fake he dallas lied there we go mm. i was right weeping angels is after that i've never watched no, it i literally angels. have seen it i've seen it and i have an image burned into my retinas of it on the tv in the basement Listen, traumatized who are you gonna believe listener literally me <laughs> no, i'm a woman no women. <laughs> known fascist sympathizer Alexis, or Grant Morrison, Morrison Dallas Taylor. Ah, Pick your poison. Listen, that's two sides of the same evil coin. (laughs) True. (laughs) Like yin and yang. I need a drink. I've never drank in my life. I need a drink. (laughs) Yeah, I have a whole fridge dedicated to it, right? It's sitting right in front of me. All right, I need. You're welcome. Oh, you I want to keep talking about Star Wars? Yeah, I, we need to get back on the subject. We've been too wildin'. Well, yeah, we have to this, talk about them clones. The yeah, clones in this, and the chillins. Talk about them. Book, talk about all the new the, characters. The Emperor wants to replace Vader's janky <gasps> ass. He's been wanting to replace him the whole time he's been alive. Yeah, that was the other stab. You, I was like, damn. It's like being the oldest child, and when the second child comes around, the parents are like, we got it this time. We nailed it. <laughs> As the second child. I agree. And because the first child didn't hear that because he took off his headphones. So we're keeping that in because he's not going to edit it out. Because he doesn't do that. He does not. Listener does Dallas not does not edit this podcast. He does not. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's coming back. Silo four through like eight. <laughs> we, we had so many of them in this. Um he also, he was all right. I like the the idea of like he did the Rick and Morty thing, where it's every time you die, you come back as a new clone. Yeah, the idea was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I did get a certain joy out of Vader killing all the clones. All yeah, at one time that was really exciting. Fun fact: that character was visually designed to look exactly like the artist Salvador Larocca because he didn't know he was the big bad. 
So by the end of the book, he had to draw Darth Vader killing like 10 versions of exactly him. <laughs> that is exactly what he looks like. That's so was, like, unintended funny. Glass eyeball and all. Yep, glass eyeball and all. <laughs> Which replacement for Vader did we like the best? Um, oh, I um, liked the space orb lady. She had a good idea, but poor execution. <laughs> she was fun. The The nerd, she was the geek. The space scientist. Um, eyes. Shit. Um, I'm predictable. I like the space blonde. Ah. You would love Game of Thrones so much. <laughs> and it was literally the whole book Cersei. is about a blonde wanting to be queen and killing the whole book everyone. Is about how a bunch of blondes take over and everyone's like, I'm not so sure about these blondes. <laughs> but we're gonna let them. We're gonna There's let literally- them. A blonde lady and man are the two main bad guys of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It's literally these two characters, absolutely mm-hmm. ripoffs of Jamie and Cersei Lannister. These two mm-hmm. little twinnies that are mm-hmm. running around with lightsabers. They're probably boink too. Okay. <laughs> they they hey, probably Anne. boinked. They this probably is boinked. This, the other option is Sushi Grievous. Yeah. Sushi Katamari Grievous. What noises do you think he makes? Do you think he's like, <laughs> when he's coming after you? He doesn't have the classic <laughs> of regular General yeah. Grievous. Okay, you don't get the <laughs> without the regular Grievous. What you get instead is, <laughs> which is more off-putting, and so that's why Vader had to kill him so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to take this guy seriously when all I can hear when he speaks is like, I know how Admiral Akbar speaks. You know, I, I know. know. <laughs> he's like Vader. I'm gonna. Kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. Also, how did none of the rebels comment on his appearance? He looks so, look, I love Oh, you look kind of familiar, huh? I think General Grievous is one of the coolest Star Wars designs of all time. I think that putting a giant fish head on it just it undercuts it every time for me. I'm like, I can't take you seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I it was really <laughs> creative and funny, but he was mm-hmm. never the same. We always knew he was going to die. Was. Mm-hmm. They picked the wrong species for it. There could have been so many cooler ones. Yeah, like Ocean head on there. I was thinking the one that looks like, I forget what they're called, but they look like they're just scream masks, but the people. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. There's so many cool Star Wars. Remember cool when Bothan was a race before Bothan spies became something for uh, Rogue One. Wait, what are you talking about? On Battlefront 2, you could play as a Bothan spy and it was like this werewolf yeah, I know. dude. Did they change that? Because I just... Maybe I misunderstood Rogue One, but like many Bothan spies, I always thought there was a crack team of werewolves that went in. <laughs> that was that, that's a separate team for the second Death Star. That's not the same. The Bothan spies weren't the ones that brought the information from the first Death Star. The Bothans were the ones that told them about the one. It's like, yo, there's another one on Endor. Lots of us died, but they got a second Death Star now. Huh. I, wow. I totally conflated those two. <laughs> You're not the first one. It was a common mistake. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Learning moment. Mistake. That has sparked a question for me. Yes. I am not a huge fan of Rogue One. Right. I want to know how you feel about Rogue One because I feel like it ties into this like extracurricular Darth Vader mm-hmm. is like such a hard thing for me to sign off on. 
I don't think I've liked him on anything but the main movies and these comics. Because I didn't like him in Obi-Wan. I didn't mm-hmm. like him in Rogue One. Really? I liked him better in Rogue One than... Yeah, because I like... The first time I watched it, I was like, holy fuck. This is incredible. And then I just went home and I was like... That's kind of, that was kind of stupid. Like... <laughs> I was like... they. They're just trying to show me what they know. I'm going to be like, wow, that's awesome. Instead of like, what's a cool story? Why did like, you sound like Owen Wilson? <laughs> wow. 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 I think it's, I like Rogue One. I think it has some odd pacing choices. I like it even better with Andor in hindsight. I like looking at that smaller part of the galaxy. I do appreciate the Vader scene as it puts in a lot of context for just how hopeless shit is. Where it's like, we're rebels and we got hope, but this is what we're up against. We got to wait for a stupid, we got to wait for our little um, <laughs> Chanel boot wearing twink to come out here and save us from this guy. <laughs> Watching there's someone, with, sw- there's someone with swoopy bangs out there to save us. <laughs> Watching Vader in Rogue One, it makes me even more appreciative of the shit that Luke, Leia, and Han did later because it's like they stopped this guy. And Luke did it by talking to him. It's so good. The finale of Return of the Jedi, when Luke mm-hmm. throws down the lightsaber and refuses mm-hmm. to take it up against Vader, like tears in my eyes. What a perfect moment of fiction. Mm-hmm. Defeating Vader with love and compassion like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible subversion. And, you know, incredible storytelling. Embracing the Jedi way too, because the Jedi uses the force for defense, never for attack. But, you know, every fanboy out there is like, why didn't Luke just, you know, cut down the entire First Order army? Why didn't he just do that? Why did he do the spirit thing? And I'm sorry, I'm talking about the sequel trilogy now. Um, Star Wars is fun. Star Wars is very fun. And I think you make a great point about Vader as a force of nature. Mm -hmm. I think the best example of that for me was Vader down. Yeah. In the middle of this. We have to talk about Vader down. We have to. Um. I have exactly one negative about Vader down, and it's that every time I see Mike Diodata's art in comics, I go into fight or flight. For what? Why do we not like Mike Diodata? I don't like... Mike Diodata is one of the artists who gives me the ick sometimes when he's drawing women. Mm-hmm. I think this he did pretty well on. I think a lot of times it was very dark, and it was hard for me to see what was going on at points. I think the action was very very um what's the word i'm looking for very clustered at moments where it's like a lot's happening and i can't really follow exactly where everyone is at this moment but those are my only nitpicks i still think the one of the greatest star wars moments of all time and you know what Mm -hmm. i'm about to say is lay down your weapons you are surrounded all i'm surrounded by is fear and dead men (laughs) <laughs> and he kills the shit out of them all of them mm-hmm. all yep. of them I think my favorite thing I keep thinking about this but this is a Vader who he is 18 years older than the last time we saw Anakin Skywalker and I keep thinking like this is the guy that's holding up this this silly silly man who kept getting his ass kicked in the Clone Wars this is who we're dealing with and it's like he's been working on this shit for as long as Luke and Leia have been alive, he has been a bad guy almost as long as he's been a good guy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that is terrifying to think about. 
this is it's a man that Mace Windu still wouldn't let on the Jedi Council, but he's pretty talented with the Force now. Damn. I loved seeing how good he was with the Force in this. Mm -hmm. And it underscored the original Star Wars where Tarkin kept being like, the Force is stupid. Mm -hmm. They all kept being like, the Force is dumb. And he kept being like, no, it's not. Hmm. (laughs) And just like, obviously with limitations with what you can do with practical effects, I don't feel like we ever got to see these crazy like Force feats from Vader. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they would have felt weird in those settings anyway but in the setting of this comic it was very fun to see him go up against all the technology that the empire says that he is a but then b also like can replace him is better like we can create a fascist movement strong enough to overpower the force and darth vader just consistently be like nope Mm -hmm. my hokey religion as han solo would call it is actually pretty crazy it was fun. I, I don't think of Darth Vader as like a big force user, but he wrecked everybody in this. Oh, yeah. And it's easy to forget that he's like, he's the chosen one. And you want to go back to the he's he's got the most he's got the most metachlorians. So like technically he's his skills are off the charts. Um, <laughs> It's I'm we've, did you finish Kenobi Dallas? No, I stopped after the first time I saw Darth Vader because I said, for some reason, this does not feel like yeah. darth vader to me i get that there is a moment that happens later where he uses the force that will that made me gasp because he he goes full out for a second and you're like holy shit i, I didn't just, expect to see this i saw a snippet where his mask is like torn he's talking to obi-wan and he's like you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did and i <laughs> full on tears watching a tiktok Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe I got to watch that show. I don't know. Those moments were good. Hayden did such a great job, and I'm glad he got a second shot at it. I I stand by Revenge of the Sith. I watched Mm -hmm. I rewatched that this year for the first time in like a decade. And I went, you're all too mean. That movie was fun. Yep. I want to say most of the that movie rules. I if George had let anyone else direct the prequels, we could have gotten world class movies. I think there was too much talent in those movies that George just didn't know how to direct. George is a great idea man and producer, but mm-hmm. he did not direct Empire. Nope. That's the best Star Wars movie, and he did not direct it. Yep. As a director, your job needs to be to direct your actors, and George Lucas is not an actor-centric person. He is a story-first, actor-second person. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But what were we talking about? Oh, um, down. Vader, Vader down. <laughs> I think it was really great to see the crossover between this and the main Star Wars line. I love seeing Han and Luke and Leia all in these um, really precarious situations with these characters we've gotten to know and love over the Vader series. The Han Solo and Dr. Aphra showdown Ooh. will forever live as my favorite this moment. So funny. <laughs> so funny. The galaxy's greatest dumbasses <laughs> together in one space. And you know, when they collide, she- I love that she knew him, but he, or no, he knew her, but she did not know him. Oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, I looked you up five minutes ago, but if you heard of me, and he's like, oh, poodoo. Yes. (laughs) Shit. I am just a scruffy looking nerve herder. Oh, no. (laughs) That's because it's such a Han Solo thing to think like you're hot shit, but really no one cares. Mm -hmm. It's so good. He's the best character in Star Wars, hands down. Mm -hmm. Love him. And if Han Solo was ever actually, you know, like, 
bigger than someone else, he wouldn't be Han Solo anymore. He always has to be that underdog character. Absolutely. He's got the bro he's got the fastest ship in the galaxy that's always broken. That is the key. <laughs> the hunk of junk. Hunk of junk. I <laughs> the end of Solo always sends me because I'm like, this was a brand new ship when he got it. This was a work <laughs> of art. <laughs> that man ran it like a frat house for seven years. <laughs> He lived with his giant 800-pound dog. What are you going to do? <laughs> his best. I live with one cat, and my apartment has become ramshackle. I can't even imagine a Wookiee. I clean this apartment every day, and I'm sitting here looking at the amount of fur and just refuse this cat has created in Shit. one day. That's why the hyperdrive keeps jamming because the hair keeps getting stuck in there. <laughs> Can you imagine a Wookiee walking around? He doesn't wear clothes to keep that yeah, hair. He's he sits down. He might not shed. <laughs> <laughs> First thing you ask a Wookiee, are, excuse me, are you hypoallergenic? Well, the brown ones are. Like, no, I'm a Taurus. <laughs> Actually, Wookiee dander does a number on my sinuses. <laughs> As funny as the size of wolves. Got <laughs> <laughs> flakes of Wookie dander the size of quarters. Did you stuff because even... it just plugs the whole thing? <laughs> it keeps getting worse because in the sequel trilogy now you know they're pulling fucking porgs out of there every other week. They're like, how do they keep getting in here? I thought we got them all out. They're <laughs> nesting like in months the... ago. <laughs> They're nesting in the exhaust. I don't know how to get rid of them. Oh, Chewbacca keeps some porgs hidden from Ray because <laughs> he knows all the hidey holes that she doesn't even know yet. She's like, I hear a porg, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Show me that rat hole. Show me the smuggling port. <laughs> oh, you just God. know sometimes Chewie's like, Can we steal something? And Ray's like, No. We're not smugglers anymore. And he's like, you're no fun. Mm. I miss Han. We got to do crimes. Mom, can you take me back she, to dad's house? It's, it's so funny. Thinking back to, to Revenge of the Sith, it's like, Chewie used to be a straight man. He's <laughs> like, I used to be like a respected general. And then he gets, and he's like, I'm a smuggler now. That This is the only life I know. He's Ram Shackle. You know he's got mats. <laughs> he's like, this is the life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also loved seeing the moments of BT and, um, Triple Zero meeting R2 and C-3PO. Oh, absolute gremlins. I love when Triple Zero steals C-3PO's arms. Yeah. So funny. (laughs) I I liked it until the end that he put his head on backwards. That was so funny. funny. (laughs) Bully behavior, but 3PO deserves it. Mm -hmm. 3PO does deserve it. I loved, um... The original Star Wars is so inclusive. Like, it's got a female lead, right? It's got your straight white man, Han Solo. But then it's got two queer men in C-3PO and Luke Skywalker. (laughs) And Chewbacca. It's got a dog. (laughs) And then it's got a pet refrigerator. It's incredible. (laughs) How do you not love it? You just know R2. You know Luke and C-3PO just, like, eviscerate R2. (laughs) they're so catty and mean to him you know at endor han was just like yo r2 beer me and he just pops one out like a lightsaber (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you know? Okay, Star Wars fun fact again. Did you know that Han and Leia got married that night on Endor? Aww. Hmm. I like to That's think not... that there was an Ewok that was like, yum, nom, dee, doo, dee. <laughs> <laughs> and Han's like, I don't know what they, they just said. They okay. didn't have a ring bearer, they had a ring bear. Oh! <laughs> One of them tiny little ones. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. I was okay. rewatching the original recently and I realized that Ewoks have furry little hands. I mean that uh Jawas have furry little hands. Mm-hmm. And I have been thinking about that since. Yeah. They are the you... raccoon they're truly the raccoons truly of the Star Wars universe. My text tone is a jaw going Utini. I love it. <laughs> I love Every that. time I get a text that goes Utini. I love them. Favorite oh, little please. rat people. They're so good. I never want to see their face ever. If Star you Wars ever that. pulls back one of those hoods, I'm selling everything. I just I hope it's a Rocket Raccoon. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. I want oh, nothing. Yeah. Don't show me what's under the hood. Mm-hmm. No, I know. It's you under know the hood. that a raccoon trap would work on those suckers, though. Oh yeah, for Absolutely. sure. They, they get in a glue trap so easily. No, not a glue trap. Have you ever seen the hand ones? <laughs> yes. Where they just yeah. have to hold it and then they just sit there, <laughs> like shamed little creatures. <laughs> <laughs> that would catch all of us, first off. Yeah. So uh, let's not act too confident it's raccoons. I've been caught in those before. You it's... put a single beauty blender in one of those, Alexis isn't getting free. When is the last time I've worn makeup, bitch? <laughs> Look at my crusty, dusty ass right now. This is how I came a, from work. <laughs> you put a beauty blender in one, you ain't catch me, for sure. <laughs> I just you're both caught in it. It's like, it's like <laughs> We're blender. holding hands in the cantra. <laughs> Let go of each other's hands and you're free. No. no. She just looks so lonely. We're yeah. best friends. We're best friends. Best friends. Stop. Um, like a Chinese finger trap. Whatever those little things oh are. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I for sure have had to cut myself out of those. That's the same thing. Those are the same thing. Those but are for the people. same thing? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Invader Down. I think one of my favorite things is I loved getting to see Leia and Vader meeting again. Because, you know, Vader, he's wise now. He's like, I know exactly what happened. I know where my son is. I know it's him. And I know he's the only one. And then Leia shows up and he's like, He goes, oh, son of a hmm. bitch. Hmm. hmm. You're nobody, right? You kind of look like I love that Leia, the force keeps Leia alive because it does like that little mind trick thing on Vader by accident. And she's like, you're crazy. Bye. Peace. I'm out. And she has no idea what the fuck she did. I love that so much. The force moves in good. mysterious ways. It does. <laughs> yeah. I just I thought that Vader down immediately being chased by the the war on that high fantasy lava mm. mining planet Queen was really fun. The Sheetoran or whatever. Yeah. Because we got to see Darth Vader as like a physical force to be reckoned with. Invader mm-hmm. down, right? And then we got to see him as like a manipulative mind to be reckoned with. Because mm-hmm. as much fun as like the knives out shenanigans of him foiling that Sherlock Holmes detective was, mm-hmm. as like knives out starring Darth Vader and falling around foiling the detective's plans the whole way. Incredible. But he's an intelligent strategist as well. And seeing him manipulate and move those pawns around and be demonstrate that he is the leader that the empire needs was very entertaining. And I thought that that character, the queen, I'm, I forget her name right now, but the queen that he put into power was awesome. Oh my God. The queen. She's, queen she's the best. 
Queen, Queen Trios. She comes back later in some other series. So this is not the last we see of her. I did like her. She was very fun. I, f- I think it's the main Star Wars series where she pops up again. Mm. So that one is, I'm going to say that series she- is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, I loved how she was out here killing the barons to make baronesses. Oh, yeah. we. I love Queen Lava Tr- Game of Thrones. Anne, read the real what? one. <laughs> was I wrong, though? Was I wrong in my comparison? There we go. Thank you. As always. Just just what I do. I am going to throw it out there. I think Salvador LaRocca did a pretty good job on the artwork here. I think mm-hmm. of all the artists that could draw an excellent Darth Vader, Salvador LaRocca is definitely at the top of that list. I do think, I mean, I'm not the first person in the world to acknowledge that Salvador LaRocca has a hard time drawing faces at times and that his mm-hmm. people are weak while his machines and monsters are very strong. So I think Darth Vader is a great book for him, but boy, was that Lionel Francis U art in the annual incredible. Like I'm not even the biggest Lionel Francis U fan, but that Darth Vader issue of the annual of him putting the queen in after killing her father and everything, like his first introduction to that planet. Chef's kiss. Incredible. So, so pretty. Ooh, this is the moment where I um, realize and admit that I forgot to read the annuals. I've read them once before, but I forgot to do them on this reread because the way Marvel Unlimited puts their series together is bullshit. They put their annual, they put the annuals of a series as their own separate series. So you can go, you can binge all the way. Yeah, you can binge all the way through one series and have no idea you missed annuals. I did admit there was a little bit that didn't make sense in the she torn, but I feel like I remembered enough to where I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember what happened. I don't know why I know what happened, but I know what happened. Yeah, basically he shows up to the planet and is like, I need your cooperation. And the dad tries to like outsmart him. And he's just Mm -hmm. like, bitch, better have my money. And he just like destroys the whole place and kills the whole royal family. And then he hands it over to the youngest daughter. And he's like, you're in charge now on my leash. And Mm -hmm. here's the gift that I had intended. And she's like, what is it? And then he opens it up and he's like, the last remnants of Alderaan. He's like, to help you know. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm what it means to cross me crazy oh it's so cool and the artwork was great what did you think of the annual lex i also okay i like read because i also read it on marvel i like read all the way through the normal run same thing realized i didn't read the annual went back and read the annual and then i was kind of like that didn't hit the same because i didn't read it in order but um, I thought it was good, but I was confused at first. Because even though you told me to read it in order, I did not do that. Because I was, I was very concerned about reading the Vader down in order. And so I was like, ah, I did it. Look at me. Um, but I think it was fun to set up that world and those um, characters for the reason that that war happened. Um so I wish I would have read it in order. Yeah. Well, I read it in order, and I thought it was great. <laughs> so as the only person who read this story in order, I will say, great story. Great opening act. Great yeah. follow-up mm-hmm. to that. Great conclusion Ow. tied back to the opening. Perfection. We're Dallas so proud of you. does the homework, Taylor. Um, hey. Oh, and it was so... 
that was so brutal that the the way the first twin dies is she gets oh. betrayed by her brother and pushed like, into magma. Said, there can only be one. Damn. <laughs> Cast it into the fire. Destroy it. Gosh. No, not her. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that reference. <laughs> See, I know. I can I can I can play to Dallas sometimes. Sometimes. Alright. So bone. Um it, it's not going to be good for our listeners, but for our viewers, I want you to see these panels here. Um, so first off, viewers, if you'll just look right there, at, look at Luke's face on that it looks page. looks like a beaver. He's <laughs> getting hit in the back of the head with a gun. He goes, Arr! So listeners, I just want you to imagine what Luke Skywalker going, Arr! as he gets hit in the back of the head looks like. But yeah, viewers, there you go. <laughs> That's exactly how you describe that panel. There's another funny panel of Luke when Vader's thinking about, like, I have a son, and Luke is making, like, the dumbest, dorkiest face as he's, like, swinging his lightsaber, like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, my boy. Yeah, wow. That's my kid. It's a dork. <laughs> my All son's right. a well, He for sure got that from his mom. <laughs> Again, uh, viewers, instead of listeners, uh, Black Cursanting getting zapped by 3PO is... Incredible, so funny. His hair standing it's up funny. and his eyes bugging out of his head. It's like a Looney Tunes drawing. <laughs> that was Chef LaRocca, you are so bad at drawing Wookiees, yeah. but this is a perfect <clears throat> panel and I want it tattooed on my body. It is hilarious. Like, that's have what he ever... would look like if you rug rubbed him on a rug. I was gonna say, if you ever imagine rubbing a balloon on the back of like Chewbacca's head. <laughs> <laughs> he just loses yes. brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna throw it out there. Yeah. I don't think Chewbacca would pass the throw the blanket over him test. No. You know, you can like check if your dog is smart or not by like putting a blanket on it. And if the dog gets out fast enough, it's smart. Chewbacca's not getting out fast enough. No. <laughs> Chewbacca has thumbs. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you think Han Solo's ever been like in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon? He's like, hey Chewie, and he holds up a blanket by the door <laughs> and he hides behind the door, and Chewie's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because it was a fat house. <laughs> they for sure have done that. First off, neither of those characters have object permanence. No. <laughs> Han and Chewie both round corners in the Millennium Falcon, and yeah. they lose each other. That's why they had to turn it into that open layout, that open design. <laughs> they had to knock down walls so they didn't lose track of each other anymore. I mean, you're so right. I mean, think about it. Han Solo let his son get out of his view for five seconds. He forgot he existed. So, like... Became a, became a dark lord. He existed. Forgot to be a dad. Mm, damn. Solo said, I'm not, smugglers don't pay child support. <laughs> the last he let his wife get out of his sight and forgot about her. Jeez. Meanwhile, she was being Mary Poppins in space. Okay, that is another complaint of Last Jedi. In concept, I like her using the Force. But in practice, Mary Poppins no. Leia through the sky. Was... Oh, come on. Okay. Again, oh, in concept, gonna... sure. But in practice, I was like, what is happening? It gets, it's one of the scenes that I like better because I, there's this moment in the comics <clears throat> and it basically reflected how I was thinking about the scene where she's like, all these things you've done, all the things you fought, all the all the battles you fought, all the things you've won. Are you going to let it end like this? And she like opens her eyes and she just says like, hell no. And she like pulls herself back to the ship. I'm like that. Yeah, Vader's daughter don't go out like no bitch. <laughs> She's she will pull herself out of fucking space. I love Darth Vader. 
I love yeah. when he kills that bitch ass little boy on that lava planet. And you're like, listen, you used to be the punk ass little boy getting killed on a, on a planet. And now you kill all damn. <laughs> I we love... don't have the flashback to Mustafar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that where you were going? Yes. Okay. You talk about it. Okay. I think one of the best things this does is it balances really well. The fact that Vader is definitely a conflicted person. We get to see that first, the version of him that Luke knows exists because there's so much resent and regret that's in him that he constantly has to not just fight but also kill because if he doesn't he stops being Darth Vader and it's so heartbreaking because it's everything that went wrong in Revenge of the Sith it's everything that went wrong in Revenge of the Sith played out over and over again in this guy's mind and you just have to think he's been doing this for the last 18 years and it's it's insane it's so brutal and graphic. And I there, this is where the line comes up where he's like, I'm very accustomed to killing children. And you remember that this man might be conflicted, but he is evil and he has gone hard and he will continue to do so for the next four years. It's such a well-crafted scene. Normally, it's, it's hard for me to care about a lot of scenes that happen in a character's mind. Because I'm like, well, this is just, this feels like a cheap and easy way to just show us what they're thinking. This is whatever. But these scenes, I really think they they matter for the character. And I think they they add to that struggle. Because we get to visualize for the first time what Luke told us was there from the beginning. Absolutely. I, I don't know how much more I have to say. This has been a very scatterbrained episode. But I feel mm-hmm. like I've gotten it all out there in like a shotgun blast of information. Yeah. And it's... It's it comes to a complete you know resolution when we get to see the emperor actually reward Vader for everything he's done because we've been watching him move and work in the shadows gain all these things together he assembled his droid army he took out all of the um the threats to his position and he um took care of all loose ends and Palpatine's like that's my boy that's my son not really but you you know you're my work acquaintance who is getting a promotion and a brand new car. So, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. When he took Padme's Naboo cruiser in oh, this, yeah. mm-hmm. devastated. Devastated. <laughs> and he's He went all emo on it, and you know he was listening to the Rolling Stones the entire time as he's painting that whole ass shit black. <laughs> and the man, the man. <laughs> <laughs> That helmet is playing MCR at all times. I'm gonna kill my mom. I'm gonna kill my dad. That's what it plays. Oh my gosh. And I'm just. It has been a scatterbrain episode, but there's a lot that happens in these 25 issues. Plus. It's true. The crossovers plus the two annuals that I didn't read. Um, it's I, it's such a good series, and it fits. It pairs with the other Star Wars series so well, and I love, love, love that we got to save Afra because she goes on to star in her own lovely and beautiful series where she continues to be the worst best person you know. Our series is very fun. I don't think it ever quite reaches the levels of this for me, but I do think mm-hmm. it's. Very, very fun. And I'm very glad. I I actually read that before I read this. So. Really? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, See, I'm, 
I'm sapphic, so I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really great. But I think how, there's never... They end up setting Chrysanthemum up as, like, an antagonist to her, right? And then, like, Triple mm-hmm. Zero as an antagonist to her. But, like, there's never quite the magic of, like, her bouncing off Vader again. Yeah. Oh, there's that one moment, though, where they get really close to each other for the first time. And Vader's like, I sense a presence. So good. An it's annoying presence. An- annoying. <laughs> Vader's like, I have a headache now. Oh, my God. She's alive. It is so good that he's just like, I haven't sensed that annoyance in a long time. I know exactly whose brain that was that I just bumped against. Um, (laughs) And I love Aphra's face in that scene, too. She's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Shit, 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 shit. I think my final thought for this, Uh and then we can do questions, maybe. It is Lexus's episode, so it's up to her. But I love... Darth Vader as a force of nature in this that just he almost is like has like this suicidal edge to him where he just like throws himself into the melee and mm-hmm. they keep saying like Darth Vader accomplishes more than anyone else not quite because he's lucky but because he's reckless like he he truly doesn't as like this hollowed out like sad man he doesn't seem to care about his own safety like mm-hmm. his competence always carries him through but he isn't tactical because he just throws himself at the problem because he doesn't care about protecting himself from all of that. And I think that's a really interesting wrinkle to the character that this comic introduces. I agree. He really does have that sense of like, he literally has nothing to lose. So wow. Why not? He, that like, actually... he sets him up self up as like the tip of the spear. And you can see that going into empire. Like he's on the front lines all the time. And like, which, what great generals of the world are like, I will be on the front lines because like, what does this guy have to lose? That's actually really, really cool. Cause I hadn't even considered that. I just always thought it's like, well, this is just Anakin's arrogance and just um, confidence, but bolstered a thousand times by the dark side. I hadn't even thought about the fact it was like, well, he's just, you know, he doesn't really care if he lives or dies. I guess he will, he's confident enough to pull it off. He's powerful enough to pull it off, but shit i guess he really doesn't have anything to lose so that's that's a really great perspective on the character i like that yeah i i love darth vader i think he's an incredibly cool character again i mean i'm a revenge of the sith baby but the the fall of anakin skywalker into the redemption of darth vader is (laughs) one of my favorite bits of fiction of all time. And to see that played out in microcosm here with the fall of Darth Vader into the rise of Darth Vader over the course of this comic definitely has rekindled a lot of Star Wars love for me that I haven't felt for a little while. So thank you so much for picking this, Alexis. I promise to stop talking so much. That's all right. We're just going to we're just going to roll right into list our questions because apparently the entire country of freaking China decided to email us. There's so many emails. <laughs> Yeah, we got hit by the TikTok. Yeah, Dallas put it on TikTok to have everybody ask her questions. And so now we have 7,000 questions. So if you're here for another hour of the pod, here we go. (laughs) We also, we got a ton of questions and we do not have all night. So if we don't get to your question, we love you. We're sorry. We're sorry. We just we do have a finite amount of time. So we're going to get through as many of these as we can. But we might have to skim past 
mm-hmm. your your <clears throat> thoughts and your observations to like get to the actual questions just for the sake yeah. of time. And I think for for the future, if we could limit questions, if you could try to aim your questions to be answerable in about like 30 seconds, like do like 100 words or less. I think that would be perfect. Mm-hmm. If we can't fit your entire question into one screenshot, it's going to be going on for a little too long. Yeah. So we want to be able to read your stuff and then mm-hmm. chat. So just a quick note moving forward. If you'd like to be on the show, let's try and like Ann said, let's limit the the amount of words we're throwing in these emails because some of these are great essays. Friends but they're hard to read off on the show. It's true. It's true. Okay. First couple of questions from Tristan Maldonado. Maldonado. Sorry, friend. Uh, Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader questions. Number one, what is your favorite cover from the series? Number two, who is your favorite member of the Replace Vader squad? Funny. Uh, (laughs) Number three, what is your favorite arc? Number four, would Triple Zero win in a fight against K2... So, what is your favorite variant cover? Mine is the Alex Ross cover. Number six, would you ever take a look at Charles Soule's Darth Vader? It's one of my favorite Star Wars, Star Wars comics of all time. Thank you for your questions. Ooh, okay. So, getting into it, some of my favorite covers, um, just from, <laughs> it's a simple cover, but I love issue eight with just Afro and Vader on the cover. In the I middle of a battle together. It's so fun. But honestly, I think my favorite is the cover to issue number 16. Vader's helmet just looks so, so freaking cool on that cover. Who did this? This is... Um, I think they're all the same person. And Yeah, it's Mark person... Brooks. Mm, that's Mark not who Brooks. I thought it was. Yes. Also, shout out Heather Antos. She was the assistant editor on this, and then oh, she yeah. became the full editor on the Afra books. So, shout out Heather Antos. You get a lot of hate on the internet, but I think you're nice. She's awesome. Um, I know it's super basic, but as far as like regular old covers go, that first cover is awesome. With it Vader is coming out of his meditation chamber with the lightsaber sideways, he looks super imposing. Mm-hmm. I, I think just four is cool too. Yeah. I also is love that issue your... three with Vader. I mean, with uh, Afra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. I love that um, Vader got his sexy pose in issue two. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I know I'm that bitch. Look yeah. at me. Here is that bitch. Okay. Question number two. Who is your favorite member of the Replace Vader squad? <sighs> I have to say the evil blonde twins, purely because I have yeah. a soft spot for evil blonde twins. Mm-hmm. Specifically half of the evil blonde twins. I like Kentucky Fried Blonde Twin. Yeah, Kentucky Fried. Oh my god. <laughs> I like Calamari Grievous. I do I think his final fight with Vader in Vader mm-hmm. Down is super cool. The artwork on that is great. And mm-hmm. just the visual of Darth Vader <laughs> because of um the Diodato art, the I actually think the Calamari guy looks pretty good. In yeah. from Diodato's like heavy shadowed work. It looks a little less bulbous and crazy. Mm-hmm. And so he looks much more menacing and Vader down. And so when he's forearmed fighting Vader, it makes a really cool visual that I like a lot. Agreed. I actually will completely agree with that. I feel like the proportions were really weird on LaRocca's version. The head was too big. The head mm-hmm. was too big. Yeah. But on Diodato's, I actually was the first time that I was like, oh, this is a cool looking character. I actually really like how this character looks. I see the vision. Yeah. Um, my 
Oh, wait, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, so we're done with that one. Um, number three, what is your favorite arc? Vader down! <laughs> Vader down! I, I also love Vader down because I love seeing Vader with his kids. I love him spending quality time as a dad. Yeah. I think that's really neat. It was a good dad's weekend. Listen, he's playing catch with his kids. Does he throw grenades? Sure. But it makes yeah. Oh, when he forced lit off all those grenades on that guy's vest. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That was wild. I said, wow. That was another moment yeah. where I was like, mm, this is a villain. <laughs> also, I love it that his first, uh, the first moment he meets Luke, knowing that Luke is his son, the first thing Luke says to him is die. Yeah. <laughs> As he suicide runs into Vader's ship. <laughs> that's a that's a healthy family bond. Mm -hmm. They do not need to go to therapy. No, Absolutely not. Never. Um. Yeah. Just Luke, you should just be happy. Your dad wants to be a part of your life. To be honest, not everyone has that. You should be more grateful, Luke. Um. Oh, the page. Sorry, my dog's barking. The page in Vader down when Darth Vader says good evening princess to princess leia yeah i was like i know both of you live but what is happening <laughs> like stop it right now it's like this you've already crazy. you've already tortured your daughter once can we not do this again thanks he looks so menacing but mm -hmm. also she looks not scared at all oh, oh so yeah Every version of Leia, whether it's in EU or it's in canon, her dealing with the fact that Vader's her dad is one of the most interesting things about her. She definitely takes it a different way than Luke. She does not share that same connection. She just knows Vader as that fucker who destroyed her home planet and tortured her. So, and to see her running into Vader like this, she has nightmares about this man. I guarantee it. There's no way she doesn't. This is someone she hates and that she fears. That's a relationship I want with my kids. Oh, remember how you said you were going to wear a horse head for the first three years of their life? First five. This is the same thing. I'm going to get a rubber horse mask. Did that. I'm going to get a rubber horse mask. I'm going to put it on. Okay, Bojack. My kids are going to think that they're raised by a reverse centaur. <laughs> Head of a horse. That's Bojack Horseman. Man. Exactly. And then they're going to go to their first day of kindergarten after five years of explaining to their friends that their dad has a horse head. And then they're going to come home after their first day of kindergarten. So excited to see me. So excited to talk about it. And there will just be some strange man with my body, but a human head. I love I love getting mom riled up about that all the time. <laughs> my my mom's like, don't so do that. And I'm like, I'm not joking, mom. This Does is real life. No, I'm going to have to break it to her. She's going to be, she's, she's going to lose me for five years. <laughs> she's outside the closet the right now. What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> What's going okay. on in there? Yeah. Next question. Sorry. Uh, would triple zero win in a fight against K2SO? I don't know who that is, so I'm going to let you two answer. That is yeah. the character that Alan Tudyk plays in Rogue One, that little um, Imperial security droid. <clears throat> and I'm going to say that K2S, that triple zero would kick his ass triple yeah, zero triple zero, zero is to kick anybody's ass triple zero comes in like body up and just k2so bt as a sidekick boom game over there's a fast <laughs> cut 
where K2SO is in the ship, and then you just see the red eyes of Triple Zero light up behind him, and there's a cut, and the next thing you see are all of the spare parts that were K2SO being dumped out of the back of the ship. Damn. Like, that's how that goes. There's not even a conflict worth filming. Triple, triple Zero scares me. A lot. Triple Zero is the thing of nightmares, actually. Lex, I'm going to spo- totally spoil something for you. In the Dr. Afra series, Triple Zero finally gets loose of the programming that he has to listen to Afra, mm-hmm. And he becomes one of the heads of the crime underworld. Of course. And he becomes That's the main antagonist. in quarantine. Yeah, he becomes the, one of the main antagonists of the back half of Afra's story. Damn. Spooky as hell. He's very scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oof. All right. Did Anne, Anne, did you say your answer? You said yes, correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. What is everybody's favorite variant cover? The Mike Del Mundo cover, where it's Vader's helmet and then little Anakin trapped behind the bars of his mask. That slaps. That goes. That is absolutely my favorite. Also, the Scotty Young baby cover is very fun for this one, too. I'll get that pulled up while you two are looking. (laughs) Yeah, that Alex Ross cover slaps really hard. So good. Alex Ross is a master, but like that one is especially cool. Yeah. Look at the Scotty Young baby Vader cover. Again, this I'm sorry. This one's just this one's just for the viewers at home. Um, describing for the listeners, I guess you just have Vader standing up. It's set on Hoth. You've got two stormtroopers following Vader into battle. It's in the classic Scotty Young baby stuff, and it rules the stuff, the baby stuff. You know that classic babyage. Classic babyage. I love it. Yeah, I'm just gonna second the Alex Ross cover because I'm getting a lot of variants in my search because you know the Marvel app doesn't have the variants but yeah i'm gonna stick with that those are good ones dallas said good ones addy granov was the main cover artist for most of the series Mm -hmm. and his variant that he did for issue 25 is incredible oh yeah oh he's so cool so listener at home you have afra in the back with her pistol up and her leg kicked up in like this triumphant pose and then you've got uh, BT and Triple Zero in the back looking scary as hell, but in like a classic R2 and C3PO pose. But then Vader in the middle with his lightsaber lit up, his cape billowing out behind him like devil horns, honestly. He looks so menacing and cool. Eddie Granov's covers were so great on this series. Love it. Cool. Ready yeah. For the next one? Yes. Cool. Number six. Would you ever take a look at Charles Soule's Darth Vader? It's one of my favorite Star Wars comics of all time. I'm sure we could one day. Yeah. It's it's not high up on my list. So for the re- for the for reference, Charles Soule's Darth Vader is the series that follows after this one, but Ooh. instead of following up at the end of the series, it goes back and Charles Soule covers what happens immediately following the end of episode 3. The first issue takes place immediately after Vader wakes up and finds that Padme is dead. And it's one hell of an intro. It's I think it's a solid series. It's it didn't speak to me the same way this one does, but Charles Soule is a great Star Wars writer. Cool. I would say that's interesting. Mm-hmm. For sure. So 
whether we check it out on our own or on the show, we will let you know. Yeah. Thanks for writing the questions. Yeah. Thank you again for your questions. Okay. Round two. This one says, hi, Comics Collective. It's Ian, a.k.a. Kalel Data on Twitter. Relatively new listener and a fan here. I loved this run on Darth Vader to pieces, especially as it gave the world my favorite Star Wars character, Dr. Chelly. Is it Chelly? That's her first name that we get Offer. later in her series. Mm-hmm. Cool. Love that. You get to meet um, her dad. Oh, damn. Daddy issues. Um, <laughs> uh, my questions are as follows. Number one, what were your favorite character moments for Vader, Afra, and Triple Zero and BT? Do you want to answer that one and then I'll read the second one? I think yeah. we kind of covered that in the yeah. show, mm-hmm. didn't we? I, I think so. Yes. There are a lot. Just, yeah. Hopefully we answered to your liking. I liked when Vader flung her out of the airlock because it felt like so calloused and cruel yeah. and like and then I there was no other way this in. there was no other way this could have gone. Yep. I could hear the sad music playing in the background. Like if this was, was in a movie, this would be tear jerking. But I love that it turned into a great moment for Afra, where she's like, yep. She's like, figured that was going to happen. You bitch. <laughs> okay, cool. Number two, if you were in the Star Wars universe, what <clears throat> role would you play? Would you be a Jedi, a Sith, smuggler, pirate, merchant, rebel, or diplomat? Thanks for all the incredible discussions via this amazing podcast. I'm excited for what you'll share with us listeners in 2023, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Thanks again. Thank you, friend. Ian. Okay. Jedi. Should we answer for each other's? <gasps> oh, yes. shit. Okay. Hey, we answer for each other first, and then we'll say which one we would have picked. All right. I think Anne. Anne's the Jedi, right? Like, Anne sure. is the protagonist. She's better than us. Hands down, she's like all powerful, Avar Chris style force wielder. She's, she's got her white, green lightsaber. Jedi sword yielder. No, 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 no. She's got the green saber, but she is primarily uses the force as a weapon in like these really intricate, cool ways. Like her lightsaber doesn't come out very often, but when it does, like shit's about to go down. She's definitely a Jedi master. Agreed. Agreed. What would you would have picked, Anne? I would have picked exactly that. Yay! Love it. I. The only thing I would change is I want a pink lightsaber. Fair. And what's... I'm trying to figure out what her role is, but there's a type of Jedi. um, Oh, a Wayseeker. That's what they're called. Wayseeker Jedi were around um, in the days of the High Republic, and they're basically Jedi who are like, I'm going to go out and kind of do independent study type stuff, where they're like, I don't report to the council. I just travel from place to place that needs me. I let the force guide me and I help people where I can. So you're I'm like, like a Ronin? Yeah. I'm like, that's really cool. I would like to do that. Because I'm not for the council and their bureaucracy. Because the prequels told me that's bad. Shit's not good. So I trust myself. Love it. Okay. Should we do Lexi okay. next? <gasps> me? Yes. Okay. Alexis is one of the diplomats that is secretly a rebel leader, kind of like Mon Mothma. Like she's forward facing. Mm -hmm. She like slows down the gears of the empire. She, she's got her face out there. Mm -hmm. She could lose everything. If people found out that she was there with the rebels, 
but she's one of their strongest supporters and she leaks them all the most important information. Oh, yeah. And she's going to be really good at it, too, because she's really great at pretending that she's into fascism. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my hell. You it's got all been a front. Literally, literally a little bit of fash. What? That's literally what I picked for myself. I would have said I was a diplomat, but a sneaky one. Perfect. You you definitely carry a pistol with you at all times. We oh, like absolutely. if something goes wrong, I she will end you little, here. She has a little silver one that Padme had. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pew pew. All right. Dallas. What do you think, mm-hmm. Anne? What do you think? I I'm of, want to I'm s- one of Queen Amidala's you- body doubles that has to protect her. <laughs> My, my body double i throw you in the mix but anything time anytime anything goes wrong oh, what was that girl's we name? have the same face so it works True. <laughs> face so nice they did it twice they did it like four times I, but it's okay you know all you talk about han solo i can't picture you as anything else other than that suave <laughs> smuggler who will definitely talk himself into a position he can't get his way out of but will somehow scramble and shoot and get and get out of it anyway. Return back to your hunk of junk, and you know. And you can have you, Susan. You pull too. it off. You can have Susan too. She's your big wookie. She's your big dog. <laughs> She's under my chair right now. Um. Okay, I can see that vision, but also psych all that. I'm the crazy old man that lives out in the desert on Tatooine. Oh, that all the you got are you, you, went, you went hermit. Okay. Yeah, I am a crazy Star Wars hermit. That like, if you ever stumble across my fire, like I got a can of beans for you. But also, <laughs> I'm just in my underpants with a beard down to my belly button, and yeah. I'm like, you know, there's a Jedi in these parts. And, like, they try and lure me into town to be like, hey, crazy guy, you can come live in town. I'm like, I just be out here. (laughs) Is this after years and years of you being a door-to-door force advocate where you're like, excuse me, do you have a moment to talk about um, the force today? Did you know it um, binds the universe together? No, you see, actually, one of my... Part of my tragic backstory was that I am a veteran of the Clone Wars. Oh, okay, right. But it was for the Separatists. (laughs) (laughs) Little problematic. It was because Mm -hmm. I believed in droids' rights. And I feel very vindicated because the Republic became the fascists. They became Mm -hmm. the Empire. So was my secession worth it for the droid rights i don't know but as someone who was marked for that service i wasn't able to ever get a foothold in the economy and that's Mm -hmm. why i live out in the desert alone wearing nothing but my underpants and my long beard eating (laughs) beans and saving children that get lost in the dunes that's rough that's rough buddy that's right just came up with that on the fly (laughs) (laughs) It was beautiful. I, I see the vision. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I love the, the fantasy part where you're like, I grew a beard. <laughs> it <Yeah>. was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I could grow, grow facial hair on my cheeks, not just under just my grow neck. Mutton chops. It's the worst thing in my life. You could pull mutton chops off. I think you could do you it. You probably could, which is yeah. horrible to say. I don't want that. All <laughs> right. <laughs> I got anyway, that. That was fun. I got. Two more questions is what we said. Two more people. Here, I'll read the last two. Okay. It says, hello. I hope you enjoyed Darth Vader. 
My question is, what is your opinion on the changing views regarding the prequel trilogy, which was once overwhelmingly negative, to now overwhelmingly positive? Also, do you think something similar will happen to the sequels? Sincerely yours, Tom. P.S. Adam Eve is one of my favorite superheroes, and the slander she got was heartbreaking. I will never forgive any of you. The end. We love Adam Eve. <gasps> we I know. Her. I'm like, what episode did you listen to? I think oh, we no, talked no. about how we were mad about her treatment in the middle of the book, but yeah, if you haven't listened to our last episode, yeah, yeah, we were only upset because we love her. We love Adam Eve. Yeah. But what do we think about the changing opinions on the prequel trilogies? I think it 100% has to do with both, one, the aging of the Star Wars fan base, and two, recency bias, because one... A lot of the people who are very vocal in the circles now are the people like us who grew up with the prequels and remember them very, very fondly. When the prequels came out, the people reacting to them mostly were the people who are like, we are here because we like the the original trilogy. And since this didn't live up to our standards, we do not like it. Meanwhile, we were raised with it and was like, well, this is nostalgic for us. We like it. We appreciate it. We've seen everything that's come with it since. And... Yeah, that's our thing. And then the sequel trilogy comes out and it's like, well, that's not what I expected it to be, so I'm not a fan of it. I think it's going to happen again where the kids who are growing up with this trilogy are going to love it the best and whatever comes next, they're not going to be a fan of. Because that's just the way it's happened twice already and when you see a pattern, you can't ignore it. I I agree. What I find so interesting is I don't like Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones very much. Mm-hmm. Like I just like Revenge of the Sith, and then I like Darth Maul's fight, and I like the uh, literally just the arena in Attack of the Clones. Like even as a seven-year-old, I would skip until the arena, and then I would turn it off once they left the arena. I just liked the animals, but watch Revenge of the shirt. Sith like a hundred thirty thousand times. Um, <laughs> and the tiny shirt. And the tiny shirt. The sequels, I was, I have such an interesting relationship with the sequels because I was a missionary when the seventh one came out, so I didn't get to see it in theaters. And mm-hmm. so when I finally got around to watching it, it was just at my parents' house and I watched it and went, oh, that was really fun. That was just like A New Hope. Kind of weird. Okay. I liked it though. And then I spent the next two years obsessing watching like star wars theory youtube videos which i know that guy's like gone Mm -hmm. off the deep end now but i didn't know that at the time (laughs) i just watched and i was like oh man like i know exactly what they're going to do in the eighth movie and i have these huge expectations for what it is supposed to be and then when it wasn't that i hated it and i did not think about it for like another year and a half until I randomly decided to rewatch it and rewatching it without a movie written in my head that was supposed to happen. I loved it all of a sudden. I was like, wow, that was the first Star Wars movie I've loved in a long time. That was so subversive and interesting. And it actually had some stuff to say. And then the that last one, the rise of Skywalker came out. And uh, Force is stored in the balls. And Chief Palpatine had sex post-wrinkling. And it just felt like a huge step back to me. It felt Mm -hmm. like... They panicked. Yeah, they were like, oh shit. Half the people didn't like that one. 
let's make something that no one likes. Let's spend the first half of the movie walking back everything that happened in the second one. And then let's spend the back half of it doing a bunch of nonsense that no one cares about. And let's make something. If everybody liked the first one and half the people liked the second one, the only thing left to do is to make no one like the third one. And so you're probably right, and that there are kids that feel really nostalgic for it, but I don't know that I will ever come around mm-hmm. on liking The Rise of Skywalker right. in any significant way. I felt very bored by it, and I think a lot of the Star Wars media that has come out since then is still reacting to the negativity that was received from The Last Jedi. I think like The mm-hmm. Last Jedi, they stuck their neck out and they said, this is what Star Wars could be, And they got big backlash for it. And they said, all right, we're going to play the hits. And I feel like they've just played the hits. And sometimes those hits have been really fun. And sometimes those hits have felt a lot like 2 p.m. on the dad rock radio station. And they just feel a little bit creatively awash right now. That's my I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like individuals might not come around on it but i feel like as a consensus we're going to see a shift in a more positive direction as the generation who saw this as a child grows up and starts engaging in these conversations oh absolutely i mean you just go to galaxy's edge in california you see all the little ray skywalkers running around and you can Mm -hmm. already feel it right yeah i'm i'm so looking forward to the the moment where ray skywalker isn't a dirty term online anymore I, to be clear, as much as the Rise of Skywalker bothered me, Ray is an awesome character. Mm-hmm. Ray rules. I love Ray. I love Poe. I think Finn was done kind of dirty, but I love him anyway. Like the characters, the original characters in those movies were great. Oh yeah, I have the action figures of that entire set. the The big four. I have Ray, Poe, Finn, and Kylo. I bought them when Force Awakens came out because I'm like, if this movie hits off big, I got the action figures. I can sell them someday for big money. And that, and then I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. But, you you know, <laughs> you played yourself for a fool. <laughs> I still got him. And, you know, Ray Skywalker was such an important character to closet in me. And I'm like, she's the best. Mm-hmm. I can't figure out why, but I really connect with this character. So I'm glad. I, I hope we get to see more love for that as time goes on. But everything's star wars has some issues i really liked at the end of number nine when she said my name is ray star wars and then she lit off her yellow lightsaber and they rolled the credits (laughs) written and directed by reddit (laughs) i thought the final shot was so good though i'm surprised because that was a shot they used in advertising for the force awakens so we've seen that shot for like the last five years and then they're like you know we should actually that shit's fire we should actually put it in a movie and end the trilogy that way oh fun times all right lex you said you've got one more question one more okay everybody merry christmas comics collective and happy holidays once again i'm incredibly excited that you're covering possibly one of my favorite star wars comics and i can't wait to hear what you guys have to say there are a few things i'd like to ask what crazy scenarios would you like to see Afra in? Would you like to see her in future TV or movies? Or do you prefer she remain in comics? What do you think? Um, I definitely want to see her in movies or TV because I want Star Wars to stop pussyfooting around gay representation on screen. Yes. Um, TV show. 
yeah, she should get a TV show. I think people would fall in love with her. Well, you know, all the people who wouldn't be screaming because they gave a woman screen time would mm-hmm. fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's, it's conflicted when you put it that way because I do think that I'm I'm worried that the show wouldn't commit to her in the way that the comics can. Mm-hmm. I agree. She, I feel like she wouldn't have as much wiggle room to actually be crazy, like we mm-hmm. want her to. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna try to do the um the book of Boba Fett because I think. Boba Fett, that show had a lot of room for a character who is more morally gray and morally ambiguous. I like the idea of a, a show focusing on a Star Wars crime lord. I thought that could be really cool. But then instead they're like, what if we made Boba Fett the hero of this little town in Tatooine? That'd be yeah. pretty neat. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I guess I can I can get with it, but it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. And I don't want to see that happen with Afra. I don't want her to turn to the light side i want her to stay exactly where she is she is bad that's the whole point Mm -hmm. my favorite part of the uh, book of boba was when cad bane showed up and it was this big emotional moment based on episodes that never aired of a cartoon from 2007 (laughs) like we we were hinted at the cad bane boba fett relationship was gonna come in clone wars but those episodes never aired yeah. And so this was the final chapter in a book that was never written. And it's... he Cad Bane looked so bad in live action. I'm sorry, I know I've been like a little grumpus here in the questions. Ooh. But like Homeboy looked bad. And I like Cad Bane a lot from that mm-hmm. cartoon. So that makes me trepidatious. I find more and more that adaptation is very hard for me. Like where mm-hmm. someone is born is where they tend to live for me. And that's honestly what kept me away from Star Wars comics for a long time because I was like, Star Wars are movies. Like, I don't want anything else. But then I really liked this. And now I'm like, Afro's in a comic. I don't want her in anything else. <laughs> so I think I'm just full of shit, kind of. I mean, I could have told you that. <laughs> true, true. Full of poodoo, All right. actually. Full of poodoo. Thank you. Family-friendly show. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, It's kind of... Bring it back to the first part. What crazy scenario would you like to see Afra in? Let me write her as an archaeologist. Yeah. I have the background. I have the background. I was an archaeologist. I know some (laughs) lesbians. I'll have them read it. And I want her to archaeology through the galaxy. That's all I want. There's so many cool things, so many cool cultures in Star Wars. Half of what's fun in Star Wars is the crazy planets, and no one is better suited to explore those than an Indiana Jones-style archaeologist. Let me do it. Especially or let me write Hawkman. I, I want to write an archaeologist in comics. Let me write any of them, please. There you go. Please. Yeah, there's so many cool places that we could go exploring. Um, so there's so many plants with interesting histories. The Jedi themselves have so many temples and shit spread all across the galaxy, just gone going unattended for millennia. And we get a little bit of this in comics, and maybe it's going to put Afra off because the last time she did something like this, she low-key unearthed a Force ghost that's like, I'm going to take over all machines now because I'm pissed. And, you know, that might be a lot for her. <laughs> that was kind of like her Raiders of the Lost Ark moment where she's like, shit's real. <laughs> this mystic shit, it's real. <laughs> I should probably stop messing with this. But it could be really fun. I want to see that side of the galaxy explored. Uh, when was the last time we got like an, a genuine Star Wars adventure? 
Never. Like, never? Just never. pure planet hopping goodness. I'd like that. I'd like that too. And, you know, stormtroopers are there so we can have her punching space Nazis. She's just like Indiana Jones. It's perfect. So exactly. True. Love it. Okay. Next question, part of the question. Do you enjoy stories that show the more human side of Darth Vader, or do you prefer Vader to remain a more cold and distant antagonistic force, only showing glimpses of humanity? What do you think? Cold I and presume... distant, Luke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I personally liked his little bits where he was like, oh, Padme, I like mm-hmm. you. I feel like You're that gonna... kind of... It worked for me. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to love. I'm trying to remember. I think it's Greg Pak who's writing. Yeah. Greg Pak's writing the current Darth Vader run. And we get a lot of that because Darth Vader runs into someone who looks exactly like Padme. And he goes back to Naboo to figure out, like, did Padme actually fucking die? Because this Mm -hmm. bitch is her. So, like, we get a lot of really fun character moments with vader and this is after empire so he's struggling with luke turning him down still looking for him trying to figure out what he's gonna do this is a vader that's even closer to his redemption so i feel like the closer you get to that moment the more and more human i like to see vader mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a parabola i like vader very human right after empire i mean right after revenge of the sith and right before return of the jedi but then after i like it going as yeah. cold as possible because it makes sense. Like, I mean, obviously, we kind of see his turnaround kind of come back to the light a little bit before he actually passes. And I feel like this type of thing helps me understand, like, how he got to that point. Because he mm-hmm. was like, guns ablazing, I'm going to kill literally everybody. And then by the end of the movie, it's just like, well, I'm sorry, I guess. And so I'm like, okay, how did, how did we get here? Because it's not the fact that you love your kid, for sure. That's not it. <laughs> I don't know. Any thoughts, Dallas? <laughs> nah, I like when he's just evil. <laughs> I like Empire Strikes Back when he's like, bum, bum, and he's just wrecking shit, and he's just ruining that little space Chanel boot wearing boy's life. Right. And he's like, I like it even better that he knows he's his kid in this. It's like, you got a son. He's like, and I'm going to make it his problem. <laughs> fair that's how and he, just show, he just shows up like i heard you and your friends were playing and he's and his son's like no and runs away and then vader shows up again at the next when they show up to the crib and his dad's already there like bitch you thought <laughs> you thought you'd be safe with lando carizian no not my watch and then the theatrics of him waiting him knowing that whole movie. He could have at any point in all of that been like, I'm your dad. He waits for the theatricality of like, I see that you're sitting here going to fall to your death. I'm your dad, bitch. And Luke's like, <laughs> no! And then decides to just kill himself. This family <laughs> is nuts. Darth yeah. Vader is like, I'm going to throw myself first into every problem because I don't care about myself. And Luke Skywalker's like, I'm going to be so angry that this guy that I hate is my dad that I will kill myself. <laughs> and then Han Solo is just like, I'll come pick him up. <laughs> because his sister's like, 
I can sense that that weird little gay guy that kissed me is in trouble. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, wait, question. Why didn't Vader catch Luke? Come with me. Come on. We're not playing, son. Let's go home. Come on. Time out now. We're done playing. (laughs) Because Darth Vader understands a dramatic moment. He's like, he knows he's gonna die. He's like, I appreciate the theatrics. If you're going to deny my advances, at least do it in an operatic way. Exactly. He can appreciate. Have you have you seen Darth Vader's cape? Of course he understands the opera. Of course. He is you of the opera. You don't wear the knee-high black boots and the cape to the ground without a little bit of the oomph for... the family. Exactly. The second that Luke Skywalker found out he was Darth Vader's son, he's like, blacked out to the nines. <laughs> he went from his white skinny jeans, gold... <laughs> bomber jacket. He got a gold leather jacket showing up to the crib trying to pretend that he's Butch with Han Solo. And Han and Leia, between the scenes of number five, number six, are like, Luke, we know. Like, we know. And Luke's <laughs> like, what? And they're like, dude, we know. And he's like, that I'm Darth Vader's kid. And they're like, whoa, not what we were talking about, but what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm Darth Vader's son. And they're like, is that why you've got the crushed velvet black singlet and the chanel boots you're trying to look like your dad and he's like yes <laughs> oh it's so good they're like oh we can see it in the face yeah 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 it's ah the face is. all right you know okay. when he showed up to fight vader at the end of that movie in his little black tunic <laughs> vader was like i see we're slaying style. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. why they killed city <laughs> <laughs> tongue tongue pops. Shh. Oh. This was there in his bathrobe while these two were stunting <laughs> on each other for an entire third act. <laughs> he just walks in and she's like, okay, Shantae. <laughs> okay, we have one more part of this question. One okay, more. Part. Let's do it. Okay. And finally, what is your favorite line or exchange from this run? And take care of yourselves. Merry Christmas. Okay, back to anything. I think Darth Vader would win on Drag Race. Oh, thousand percent, thousand percent. You know, I don't think Luke, platform. I don't think Luke would commit enough. No. Well, you know, when they're like, "You gagged me," literally, he's gonna force choke his way to the victory. <laughs> <laughs> he kills the other contestants. Someone else comes out doing better, and they just die on stage. <laughs> You just force gacks him. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna spend the entire week now trying to figure out what Darth Vader's drag name would be. Gosh, I. I'm gonna figure it out. Can you imagine big fake lashes on the Darth Vader mask? Yes, actually, I actually can, can too. Like very easily. Oh, have you? There's an alternate reality Star Wars. Com- there, there was like a what if line for Star Wars. And they did the original three movies and each one had like a what if something went wrong. Like the first one was what if Luke missed that shot. And the sixth one, or like um, for Return of the Jedi, it was like, what if um, Luke turned? Mm. And there's a bunch of like little parts in there that get like just slightly changed. 
And it's really interesting because in that one, Leia turns to the, she becomes the Jedi of the story and she's the one who redeems Vader and Vader lives at the end. Luke dies, but Vader lives and he comes in at the very end, struts in, same exact fucking costume, but pure white. (laughs) (laughs) He's back to being Jedi Anakin Skywalker, but he's just in a white Vader costume. I'm like, listen, I get the sentiment. But it's like if Adolf Hitler walked in in a white suit and is like, listen, I know some questionable things have happened in the past. I'm a different man now. I understand I've killed the children, <laughs> but I've changed. It's, yeah, gosh. Favorite exchange in this moment, in this in this series. I think my favorite exchange was when Aphra and Han exchanged wasp worms. I thought that oh, was that really was so freaking funny. What kind of idiot would hide underneath a wasp worm nest? They both are. So good. Both exactly the same type of dumbass. <laughs> I've already kind of alluded to it, but Darth Vader storming Jabba's palace was oh. awesome. Oh, yeah. Just to compare that to how Luke did it. And then to end with that ice cold line, I've only killed two. Do not make me reconsider my generosity. Yeah. Like, Goes what hard. a great start. Beautiful. Lexi. Oh, all right, everybody. Are we ready to wrap it up? No, you have oh, to. Wait, what's your, we favorite your favorite line? Or... Yeah, your exchange. My favorite line was the, the wasps, too. Okay, we got the same one. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll add a second one. Here. I got another one. When Darth Vader looks out over the binary sunset at the Lars family mm-hmm. moisture evaporator, mm. mirroring Luke staring out at the suns, it was mm. good. It was good. It was Star Wars. Yeah. A good Star Wars. I think one, I just want to shout out, um, we didn't get to read your question, but I want to shout out Joshua Gomez for writing in to call us the sexiest podcast host ever. I appreciate you listening to me and calling us sexy. Thank you. You didn't, you're, you did not go unnoticed. Thank you very much. There are so many questions. None of them went unnoticed. Maybe we'll make Dallas do a TikTok video and answer all of them. For yeah, you. I, I like that. I like putting the work on to Dallas. Yeah, that'd be really Dallas, fun. you said you like the TikTok. You said it brings us There's attention. The TikTok for you. The TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, the TikTok. on the clock. <laughs> the party, party don't stop. Don't stop. Whoa, you whoa, know whoa, whoa. that Vader has played that in his internal whoa, whoa, helmet whoa, before. Whoa. <laughs> Don't stop. Make a drop. They're like, stop it. <laughs> you know, that's what he puts on up front when he's driving. Oh, oh whoa, my gosh. whoa, whoa. <laughs> and sings along. Uh, all right. Any more thoughts, anybody, before we close out? Darth Vader was really into Billie Eilish's album. Oh, for sure. He liked Bad Guy a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This okay. guy killed kids. This guy killed kids. <laughs> I'd like to apologize apologize to the fan base of the Comics Collective. He's also a racist. Man has a thing against the sand people. Yeah, when he shows up at the end of the run to just, they're like, flashback, he was slaughtering sand people. And they made him a god or something? I don't know. Oh, that was. Oh, yeah! He had to pass the time on Tatooine, so he just hunted down some sand people. He's like, I'll, I'll do a little genocide. I got some time. Oh, heavens. <laughs> Is that the time? <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, everyone. 
Um, if you like our show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective or our TikTok account at The Comics Collective. And if you wrote in a question from TikTok, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Or you all can find us at our um, personal Twitter accounts at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Lou underscore comics. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, or if you just want to give us a little holiday gift, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review. And if you give us a written review on Apple Podcasts, we will make sure to read it off on the show. And finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. And we will see you all next week for our episode where we will be going over our Everything But the Comics 2022 episode, where we will go over and cover everything from our year that we've enjoyed through many different mediums. I know we've been talking about Game of Thrones a lot, subtly. (laughs) That will all get hashed out next week. We've all got lists. We're all bringing our A game. It's going to be so much fun, and it'll help us close out our year. So please tune in next week for our episode on that. Yeah, it's going to be so fun just to hang out and talk about everything we've loved this year. Because comics are awesome, but they're such a, you know, they're just part of what we do every year. And I'm going to love getting a chance to talk about and give some light to some of the other things that I've loved this year. I'm so excited for this episode. Exactly. It's going to rule. I'm excited to use it as a cool off to see which of us has like cooler, sexier taste. Oh, well, it's clearly me. (laughs) Oh, okay. With as much uh, comic book me. stuff that's on your so, uh, your list there, uh, <laughs> <nope>. <laughs> me so confident. Most of my, most of my favorite things came as suggestions from one of you two. <laughs> I'm very excited. I, I it's just gonna be me talking about Better Call Saul and When Harry Met Sally and well, Stephen don't King spoil it. Stop it. They have the list next week. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>